Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com here. It is Wednesday, November 6th. We have the Wednesday Night War podcast, our ADEW NXT review. But hey, if you've uh, just zoned out over the last week, some stuff happened. Some stuff happened. And you boys Mm. at Fightful.com broke a lot of that news. Subscribe to Fightful Select. It is the most direct way to support us. Uh, you get two episodes a week of Alex's Sour Graps, the most negative Raw and SmackDown reviews in the land. Uh, we've got a Q&A show that I filmed that's going up Thursday. I answer over 150 questions. We have The list goes on. I broke some backstage news about Randy Orton's new contract and the negotiations. Go check it out. It's a good time over at FightfulSelect.com. Alex, how does it feel to be a part of the Fightful Select party now that we got... Warren Hayes, oh, out of there. Feels good. It feels it feels good. It feels good to be to be wanted. Uh, I, I can't imagine not being wanted, but uh, but yeah, it feels good. We are joined by Warren Hayes. Warren, how's it going? I'm doing well. It's a uh, lovely evening. Uh, we're about to get ten uh, centimeters of snow here in Canada. So, what more can you want? What more much- do you want? How much is that in American? Uh, I don't know. Uh, convert up to 75%. I have no clue. An inch? 10 inches? Uh, 10 <laughs> centimeters an inch? I don't know. My God. I want to know why everybody in the live chat was like, "What? where are they? Where are they? As if we didn't wait for NXT to end. My God, guys. We, we don't. We do not start this show until a good solid 10 minutes after NXT goes off the air. NXT has an overrun, guys. Stop being spoiled. But spoil yourself and subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe. If you want your questions or statement read on the air, go ahead. Donate a super chat. Helps us out a little bit. AEW, their first go-home show Warren, you focused on this one, and boy, was it a go-home show. Mmm, still tastes so good. You know, it's like when you have a really good meal, you know, and you can still taste it in, in your palate for the following hour. The, I, I'm going to, this was great, especially coming off of last week where I thought we had the weakest, uh, not bad necessarily, the weakest edition of Dynamite up to this point. They just turned this one right around and gave us a fantastic show going in, uh, going into to uh, full gear. This was great. A great, great show. 
We have a super chat. DJ Cass said, not a big fan of Raw having an unfinished main event in the NXT. Well, we'll get to that one in a bit, DJ Cass. Uh, it's always best if you uh, put them accordingly based on how we're covering these, but AEW is first, and there was some special stuff here. And Alex, the way that I look at this is, based on first impression, if you've got tick, if you you've got AEW coming to your town the next time they got a pay per view coming up, you want tickets to their go home show. Yes. No. Absolutely. No. This. 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 This was a, a really great throwback to fantastic go home shows of old. Ye old great go home show. Uh, this, this, yeah, this was fantastic. I, I, I really thought everything that I, that I saw of it, cause I was, I was glued to NXT for the most part, but I was checking back and forth all the time and everything I looked at on AEW, especially all the storytelling and the build to this pay-per-view where they're really selling you like the only time you can watch these guys go at it again is on yeah. pay-per-view, which is a, which it feels like it's 15 years ago that pay-per-view was a thing in wrestling. And now it feels like, well, I don't know. I mean, 50 bucks is a lot of money, but I can't miss these matches. Like that's, that's a thing that we used to do all the time. And it, it feels kind of complacent. Like, well, I got the network. I'll just watch it. This feels like it's an imperative. You have to spend this money if you want to see this stuff. And they did a great really job of selling it. Pack mm-hmm. defeated Trent Beretta right out of the gate. We had an Orange Cassidy interaction. And man, I'll just say this. Anybody who doesn't like Orange Cassidy and how he's being used in AEW wants to be miserable. This yeah, guy, exactly. This guy has not heard a thing, Warren. Nobody sells his, his light offense. They look at him, they immediately beat the shit out of him, and then he sells like a million bucks for them. Every time. Some, someone who doesn't like Orange Cassidy receives a flower from their loved one. Here, darling, here's a flower. And they'll take the flower and they'll bite the bulb off of it. That's the kind of person who doesn't like Orange Cassidy. It's, and, it, and like you said, it's just, it's just perfect. Because the, everyone, no one sells the weak kicks. And what I don't know how much, like, sometimes we like to get meta, right? Because, oh, my goodness, we wrestling pundits, right? We know everything. We we have this insight that no one else has. But I wonder just how much they they put thought into this because of, you know, there's there are a lot of people out there who don't like Orange Cassidy. A lot of people like Pac, see him as Pac, excuse me, mm-hmm. see him as very legit, you know? So what if just putting Pac in there to just, take the kicks and then beat the just beat orange Cassidy out of the ring. Maybe that was a little gift for them. I don't know, but I love the interaction. I was fine with this. It was fun, fun. I want your thoughts on the match, but boy, was that finish blown by somebody. Mm. It was, it was either blown by pack the ref or Beretta, but no matter what it was blown by the ref, you got to, I mean, the WWE method is call it as a shoot. His shoulders mm-hmm. were down. You count it no matter what. You can slap your hand on the ground a third time, then come up immediately and go, two, two. It was a two count. But Trent Beretta ate a red arrow, or whatever the hell he calls it now, black arrow. Black arrow. And the three count was done. Beretta was pinned, and they didn't count it. And I had people say, oh, well, Neville or Pack got up. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He did not stop that. This is a situation 
where AEW needs criticized. Warren, do they have ref problems? <laughs> this is this is a legit question. They well, don't have okay. any semblance of a rule set. They well, the refs seem to be routinely doing this. Well, l- listen. Okay, I think in in this circumstance, this was a blown call, and uh, I don't know. Uh, like I I agree with you, and it's the same thing as the like in WWE. Go ahead and count count the three count, even though that's not necessarily scripted scripted finish. You have to go through with it because otherwise, we sit around here and we talk about it and like what the hell happened. I don't think Barrett is at fault here because you you know how sometimes you always know. When you're paying attention, you know, the the guy on his back will look, will you know, he'll scoot his eyes over to make, to watch the three count. Beretta wasn't looking at the three count. I'm not quite sure exactly what happened here, and I don't remember anyone really kicking out of a black arrow all that recently, especially not Trent. Not to take any, anything away from Trent Beretta, does you know? Well, I mean, um, Trent Beretta's thing used to be kicking out of everything. That's new true. Japan that's Ring true. Of Honor, like a little that's bit true. too much to the point where I didn't like his matches. But to to your point, though, um, again, you know, maybe this is something where I'm kind of accustomed to New Japan, and I feel that the referees are following a New Japan formula here, mm-hmm. where it's you know they like to use the words uh, uh, um, uh, referees' discretion, which is something that happens all the time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, you know, we've had discussions, you and I, Sean, over whether Red Shoes Umino is a good referee or not. And he is constantly using his own d- discretion. Yes. Um, and until they do decide to have a, a – a, here's the one thing that bugs me. The the moment that they do decide to have clear ring uh, – clear match rules, very, very clear that we can all get behind, Jim Ross has to stop pointing it out yes. and making and, – and, and overwhelming his commentary with – the referee has to do a 10 count. The referee has to do a 10 count. If referee has to get people back in here, he's losing control. Referee he has to do a 10 count. I'm That's the one thing I'm sick of. Otherwise, just let it go. Kevin Kelly never, ever keeps reminding us that Red Shoes has to start a count. He just Warren, that, that's that our count. job, not his. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it, they, exactly. And uh, Red Shoes eventually will start the 10 count, and then Kevin Kelly will like, Okay, so now Red Shoes is finally getting back in control kind of thing, you know, and that's just it. Like I said, it, me personally, the ref issues, the overall ref rules, the 10-second count to go in and out, it doesn't bother me. It's not taking away my enjoyment, again, maybe because I'm just used to watching New Japan as well. But what happened with Bryce Rensburg tonight, that's that's part of the script in and about itself. That's a finish that was messed up. And yeah. probably he probably got in your full from pack backstage. Yeah, he that probably- was, that was a bad spot. Bad, bad yeah. spot. Uh, he tells hangman page pack does that. He's going to make an example out of him at full gear. And then the big announcement. And I'm intrigued by this. This was an early contender for, one of the greatest AEW segments already. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes comes out, has his announcement that if he doesn't beat Chris Jericho at full gear, then he will never get an AEW title shot again. And they, they reference him as management and all that. There was so much good stuff here. He, he talked about how, how their, their lives paralleled. One, a famous hockey player's son. One, a famous wrestler's son. I love the reference to how you could get Jericho's book. 
I believe that he had he said he hadn't read for three dollars online. <laughs> there, this wasn't a not not a good wrestling promo, and I, I'll hear from Alex first because this is one of the few things he he saw in totality. This was a goddamn great promo, a a top notch promo of the year promo, and you know what it did, Alex? It sold some tickets. It sold some oh, yeah. pay per views. It put some asses in some seats. This ruled. Yes. Uh, all of those things that you said are true. Times a thousand. Like, this this thing, uh, this was so good by Cody. And the thing I love about it also is that it takes everybody's whispers online about stuff. And I even whispers. Other people are shouting about it. Like, how can you have these active performers who are also management they're just going to book themselves into title matches and, and put themselves over whenever they feel like it. And we don't want that out of AEW. And, and, and Cody says, okay, I hear you. I don't, I don't want those whispers. I don't want those shouts. So here's how I'm going to deal with that, which is, which is a great thing. Like the actual substance of it, what he's revealing about the stipulation in the match and why he's making a stipulation, all very important and really well handled. And then the actual art of the promo, the way it was written by him or whatever, delivered off the cuff, I'm not sure, but it was perfectly done. Like the idea of uh, uh, be, saying that, oh, so I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, the son of Dusty Rhodes. I'm sorry, I missed, I didn't read your book, but I'm assuming that you, that you had it so rough growing up. Like that, all that was so, so, so good. And the fire with which he delivered it, the, the, the fact that the camera was right in his face and not way up, but zoomed in like that really added to the authenticity of it. But when he turned his back to the camera and addressed the entire arena, all of that, it made it feel just so grounded and real and visceral. It was fantastic. If AW is still around and going strong in 10 years, 15 years, they'll look back on this promo and say, this is something that started something like really gave a lot of gravitas to, to Cody and his role within the company and how the company's going to grow out of it. Loved it. Loved it. Warren, really excited to hear your thoughts on this. Thought he knocked it out uh, of the park. I hear it did a couple of things and it added so much to the feud. And what's fantastic is that we know Chris Jericho is full of crap. And I'm using crap instead of the other word because we haven't gotten anything for the swear jar yet. Um, <laughs> and the, the idea. It, the idea here is, you know, Chris Jericho last week, you know, calling out MJF saying, who wears a scarf? Only an idiot wears a scarf, you know, kind of thing. So it just it it just works on the level of adding – it works on the level of Chris Jericho's character as well. Of course, Jericho, he, he it's as if sometimes he lacks this self-awareness about who he is while pointing out someone else's faults. And Cody used it against him, but used it in such a passionate and real way. It's fantastic. Plus, on top of that, the 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 the, the promo served as a uh, as a cheerleading moment for the AEW fans as well because it it started off him saying, you know, we're listening. You know, we you know we're here for you guys. We know what's going on, and we, we have our ear to the ground. And, you know, we're, we're trying to build something, uh, change the world, etc. It was very, to use a, a term that was overused this week, but it was very rah-rah, but it worked. 
It was a rah-rah speech that actually worked and got people pumped and motivated. So on one, end, on one end, helped the feud, but also lit the fire under the base again. And that was fantastic. I thought, look, I, there's nothing I can add that you guys haven't already said about the substance of what he said. It is fantastic. It is a promo for the ages. Uh, he went backstage and everyone was like, well, uh, look at how the boss does it. This is the bar now. This is the bar. It's just that simple. A lot of people feel a lot of different ways about the stipulation. I hear people on both sides. Oh, it gives away the main event. I don't think it does. I, I don't think, think it does that, either. I think that AEW would be into telling that type of story and how they could get around that and Cody Rhodes being a main eventer who can't be the main event champion. Alex? Cody doesn't ever need to hold the belt to be a big deal in AEW. Not no. ever. Not not once. Not ever. And even he can still it, be a huge is, deal in that. Yeah, it's great. And it, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Not like this stipulation has to hold up forever. They've got like no. casino battle royals and stuff like that. They've got ways they can get around sure. stuff like that. Um, my God, this was good. I'll tell you what was also good. This goddamn inner circle video that they aired. <laughs> this, okay, so, you know, when, when Tony Khan was like, hey, we're going to leave the BTE stuff to BTE, it's like, well, you got to have a little bit of comedy on, on a wrestling show. It is a variety show. Otherwise, you're, you're Ring of Honor, and nobody wants to be Ring of Honor right now. But <laughs> they had Virgil pop up in this thing. <laughs> And I, I, the, the, I don't know who you're talking about. I saw somebody named Soul Train Jones. I don't know who Virgil yes. is. So, and they had Chris's aunt's friend from church on there. Yeah. This would, Warren, this was unbelievably good. I, I, it played off all the the elements that were that were just a little self-sufficient. Right of the video that Cody did, uh, and it just played off of it so wonderfully, and it just disarms it. I thought, personal personal opinion, I thought Cody's video was was a little cringy. I didn't care for it much. I thought it was overproduced and it was very very back patty, you know. Uh, and Jericho tapped into that, and it disarms it. You know, it automatically disarms. What Cody, what Cody did, and it just brings it down to a very, a very basic, much more uh, approachable level where it's like, ah, you know, at least the, okay, so they do have, they, they are able to step back and poke a little fun at each other. Having Soul Train Jones there popped me in right here, like my, my daughter's in another room and she said, are you okay, dad? Yes, yes, sorry, it's fine. It's just Virgil's there and he's putting over the, the Olive Garden breadsticks and she's like, Oh, never mind. Yeah, that's, so everything. It was it was a fantastic, funny, f legitimately funny video. It was made for the fans. It was fantastic. Oh, oh my God! When they when they said Jer Chris Jericho is in the prime of his career at forty seven years old, he's the youngest yeah, yes, ever yes. AEW champion. Like that was amazing, that's brilliant. I, I believe he said something like, "Chris Jericho's legend is much like Olive Garden's breadsticks unlimited." Unlimited. Yep. Amazing. Now, here's the thing. There ain't no way WWE is held onto the Virgil trademark. <laughs> what use do they have with that thing? They sure as hell haven't held Vincent. So the no. fact, 
And I damn well know they haven't kept Curly Bill. So the fact that they used Soul Train Jones, I love. Oh, he's absolutely now an in-canon AEW legend. Yes. Like, from a history they don't actually have. Like, it's so, so great. And I also love Chris's aunt's friend from church, like, dropping swear words all over the place. Like, it's... (sighs) This this was ap- this was a professionally done, brilliant parody yes. of a wrestling uh, like a, sp- a specific one, but also all wrestling pro like video packages. It was so perfect. I love the fact that they had uh, Jake Hager a bunch of times that they showed him a bunch of times and he never actually spoke because he hasn't yet spoken, so he can't do it the first <laughs> time in this video package. Like it was, oh, it was so good. I loved it. Loved it. Going to kind of speed along as we're behind on this one, but bronze medal match winners added to the AEW tag title match at full gear, dark order and private party. Seems like the rose is off the, or the bloom is off the rose, so to speak with the dark order. They are not getting the heavy push that they were upon entering AEW, but private party have gotten over. They get the win here. Warren, what'd you think? I thought this was a fantastic match, and it's a shame because it seems that uh, now that the push seems to be uh, relaxing on Dark Order, it, they're actually they're actually getting better in the ring, or at least getting yes. better. They they're putting on shows on AEW that people can actually get behind. This I thought this match was really really good. Uh, Grayson's slingshot senton. Where he, where he, the guy's on the apron and he he ju- he does like a number back sent on on the guy in the apron is just it's wild every time and all of their double team tandem offense the dark order everything they do is fantastic every time it's always cool the gin and juice won the match which makes me happy because that in itself is a finisher it's not a transitional move it looks great it's spectacular requires timing I'm so glad that it won the match for uh, private party. Jamie Hayter and Emi Sakura defeated Riho and Shannon. Now, this is, uh, Riho has been dominant. And a lot of people saying, oh, why did Emi Sakura get the title shot? Wins and losses. She's one and two. Look a little bit deeper, guys. They're very flexible with this stuff. They have the overall record, singles record, tag team trios. There was one other person who was undefeated after competing in singles matches. Brandy Rhodes, Emi Sakura, that's it. Almost everybody else in this division is like one and two or one and one. Mm-hmm. So there, there's an argument to be made there. Uh, should they have announced this match after Emi Sakura won tonight? Yeah, I think so. Do I think that she's the one that should be challenging for the title? Probably not. Probably not. Not a, not big on her work, to be honest with you, but that's just me. Uh, Alex, before we get into the match, your thoughts on Emi Sakura challenging for the title? Uh, I, prob- I probably would have given it to Jamie Hader. I think Jamie Hader's a um, a really a really great talent. Like I'm watching more of her stuff since last week and tonight. I think she's definitely somebody who's got a, a major future in AEW. Um, and Emi eh, Sakura, okay, like it's it feels like it feel it does feel like. It does feel like because the the AEW has such a very short, shortened, uh, truncated history uh, that it feels like the there's a, a Japanese women's division, like with 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 Rio and and now Amisakura challenging for it. Um, it. It's interesting to see where we all where all this goes. But I I don't know. The the match could be excellent, but I I, I don't know at this point without 
seeing more of what they don't have a real direction in the women's division right now. And that's, that's, that's unfortunate. I guess I'll say that. Yeah. They, they need to establish things. I'll tell you what I like bringing in big swole and Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. I thought yeah. big swole was one of the most impressive looking people on, on the show at double or nothing. Just the way that she sold the way that she threw strikes. Oh, she's good. Warren, what'd you think about this one? Emmy Sakura picked up the win. Uh, Pinning Rio at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, the, it establishes the fact that the champion can be beat. Uh, uh, I I like this match a lot. I should, would I, should I venture and say that this is probably my favorite women's match that I've seen on Dynamite and AEW Dark so far? Yeah, yeah, it was because you had a bunch of uh, of really talented wrestlers who knew how to play off each other. And uh, in the case of Rio, Hater, and uh, 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 Sakura, they've all spent time in Japan. Uh, they uh, So they could play off each other really easily. Shana is going to turn out to be a really good get for the division. Uh, she's been wrestling for nine years. And um, outside of Emi Sakura, off the top of my head, I don't know who's had most more experience than her. Maybe outside of Awesome Kong, but that's a whole other uh, that's a whole other can of sardines right there. Uh, I really liked this match. I thought it was great. I thought there was, uh, I thought the pacing was, um, right, right in there. I, uh, I loved, uh, Sakura's sister Abigail that she pulled out and she just snippety snapped it. I thought it was, uh, it just landed great. The Vader bomb sequence by Sakura followed by Rio just breaking up the pin by doing a double stomp where she just like, she just planted and she just stood there for a second. I thought that was good as well. Great ending sequence when they rolled in and out of, uh, out of uh, pinning attempts, um, this actually helped me look uh, helped me look forward a little more to the women's title match at uh, at Full Gear because I thought Sakura had her one of her best matches in in recent memory or at least on AEW she looked she looked good tonight everything clicked I'm really really happy for the women I think Shanna is going to help fill the void left by Kylie Ray which is no easy task because she had a great amount or does have a a great amount of personality. Um, yeah, I, I love, like I said, Shanna, Big Swole, Mercedes Martinez. They had an experience problem, I think. And the, these three are solid in that department. Real good, convincing workers. Rob, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit before, you know, when we, we were talking about Britt Baker and the women here not having the benefit of having a performance center at the tips of their fingers to, to help them. So you do need to have a uh, some solid veterans, ring generals like Mercedes Martinez, who who could become locker room leaders, who could help guide matches. Martinez has done it all, and she's fantastic. I'm still stunned that they haven't gobbled her up. That's exactly what their division needs right now because a lot of the a lot of the women there have been wrestling for three, four, five years. That's not a knock. Women's wrestling has really exploded in that particular amount of time. Anyone who's been wrestling longer than that are just that have been doing it either in Japan or are literal veterans who've been doing it before women's wrestling ha- has exploded. So it's not a knock on them. AEW needs to furnish its women's division with leaders, with ring generals, and they have a couple at their fingertips, and I don't know why they're waiting on them and not just gobbling them up. Rob Wilkins says, Cody's speech in inner city or inner circle video, loved it. 
The ending of the show reminded me of those nitro finishes with Sting cleaning house. Just pandemonium. Yeah, I dug it. What's up with these video packages, Warren? These Brandy Rhodes, Awesome Kong video packages. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, but clearly they're establishing the fact that Brandy's going to be the man is going to be managing Awesome Kong. I don't know if I'm excited for that. I I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Awesome Kong is you know she's she is a legend and she's done a lot in her career. She's wrestled five matches since 2017, Sean. Uh, I, I'm a little concerned and I think people are excited at the idea. Yeah. It's kind of like being excited at the idea of seeing Undertaker wrestle one more match. You know, you're excited at the thought of it, but well, well, here's the thing, man. Undertaker's at least put on a good match this year. He busts one out every year or two. I've, I was watching awesome Kong years ago and thinking, Oh, it ain't there anymore. It ain't there anymore. Uh, Sean Spears defeats Brandon Cutler with the quickness. Alex, I know you didn't watch uh, a ton of this, but uh, I want to talk about the use of these guys. Sean Spears needed a win. This is this is an okay use of Brandon Cutler. He's an impressive-looking physical dude getting beaten by uh, Sean Spears, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, right now AEW has um, uh, a lower mid-card problem in it in that they don't really have one like everyone seems to be being positioned as a potential big thing which is good for a young company but you don't have a guy who, whose job it is to go in there look impressive and lose yeah because when you have a uh, a thing of you know a win-loss record um then that person if they lose seven eight nine matches in a row even if they look good doing it then it's really going to be hard for you if you want to give them a push later to like retcon all those losses they had a few months ago. So it's it's going to be interesting. Be inter- it'd be interesting if like in the future they do those like as annual records. Yes. Like there's a good way yeah. to, you could reset like seasons, so to yeah. speak, or or something like that. Uh, Warren, any thoughts on that? Janela came out and and made the save for for Brandon Cutler. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with this. Why? I mean, um, Janela needs something to do. I think he's, he is over with the, with the crowd and he needs something to do. Sean Spears, his main event push is stalled. So they have to give him something to do. Uh, he's still running around with the chair with the blood of Cody Rhodes still on it. So uh, yeah, it fits right in with, uh, with Janela. Let, let them swing chairs at each other. Sure. I'm okay with it. The elite combination of Kenny Omega and Hangman Page lose to Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara with Jake Hager. Jericho continues to be undefeated. He is a protected champion. <laughs> Whew. Pack interferes. Low blows Page. Jericho nails Page with the Judas Effect for the three count. Now, my thing is, why does Jericho even distract the ref? Based on anything that we've seen in the past... Has there been a DQ in AEW? I don't think so. So why waste the effort of distracting the referee? <laughs> well, because it's referee's distra- distraction there, you see. I'm, I'm all yeah. confused. Discretion. It's referee's discretion. If he if suddenly, if his discretion is suddenly to call a DQ, do, you don't want to take that chance. You don't want to run the risk. You want to okay, keep fair. that record smooth. After the match, uh, pandemonium. Everybody gets into it. I mean, everybody comes out there. MJF gets involved. 
Um, I love the way that they babyface and heal him. I love the Shades of Grey going back and forth. You have Moxley come out and help the Elite, but then he attacks Omega. What'd you think of the match? What'd you think of the finish? This was fun stuff. I could have went without the interference. I would have rather just Jericho been a dirty son of a bitch and done it on his own. But what'd you think of all this? Well, you had to set up. You, you had to set up have one last cheap shot for for Pack on Page, of course. Um, I thought the match was okay. I good, strong, but you know, it's it's. It's the elite boys, right? It's Omega and Paige hitting all, uh, hitting all the, uh, the the their greatest hits. Nothing wrong with it. It's it was fine, you know. But you know, it, uh, entertaining. It was okay. I'm I'm kind of starting to wonder what uh, what they're what they're doing really with Sammy Guevara because Sammy Guevara was the whipping boy tonight. He got nothing in. Yeah. And Jericho didn't that that of course that was the story is that Jericho's on the outside and he's sort of you know giving directions. At some point, even Guevara was like he wanted to tag him in. Jericho was like, nope, not yet. So, <laughs> but but he he ate it tonight, just like he ate it last week against Page. Now Guevara, I understand. There's always one guy in a stable, right? There's always one guy who's going to be the whipping boy. He's going to eat the pins. He's the uh, he's the Chase Owens at some point of the. Uh, of of the inner circle, but Guevara is so goddamn talented, though. That's the thing. You, do, do you really want him to to be reduced to that? But that's a maybe for another dis, uh, another time, another discussion. Thought the match was great. I love the finish. The finish here. I think this is what made this go home show so bloody strong. And you said it. It felt like a nitro going off the air. Tony Schiavone saying the cameras are still rolling. It's it's. Fantastic. I love it. And speaking of Shivani, last week we were talking about how he got excited about a Topicon Hilo. I love that. <laughs> Tonight. Topi Suicidas. Topi Suicidas. And he said, and Excalibur calls one. He says, Tope Suicida. And Tony goes, yes. He was on. It was, I heard that and he I loved on. it. Well, the he cameras. about it. The cameras are going to be rolling this Saturday. It is AEW uh, full gear. I don't know who the hell is going to be on the podcast with me. Haven't really looked yet, so maybe if one of you guys are free, you know. But, um, <laughs> or I'll just call up Hawkins. How about that one? How about that one, Mike? How about that one? Anyway, AEW Full Gear, we're going to make our predictions. <laughs> Bea Priestley, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Alex, who you got? Um, uh, be, uh, Breaker, because they're pushing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Her pretty hard. Yeah, I got Brit as well. What about you? Also, the promo from AW Dark ruled. Yeah, and I think that's what put her over. It's Brit. Hangman Adam Page against Pac. Um, going Pac here. I think you got to keep him super strong. Yep. Born? Yeah, Pac. I- yeah, I agree, Pack as well. I think they're going to run a redemption story a little longer with uh, with Hangman Page. 
I mean, I'm good with that. AEW Women's Championship, Riho against Emi Sakura. I give Emi Sakura about, uh, I don't know, the same chances to win this as uh, James Ellsworth to get back in WWE. Warren, your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is, this is Ellsworth, uh, exactly. It's Ellsworth uh, levels of uh, of chances here. Riho, uh, Riho retains. War- or Alex, rather. I think Rio retains, and you have one of those women we've been talking about who hasn't debuted yet debut and attack her afterwards instead of. I think Mercedes Martinez coming down to the ring and just wrecking Rio oh, because she's so me. tall and Rio's so small, just showing, like, I'm the baddest bitch in this women's division. Now you got to come through me. I think that'd be a cool way to, like, stake her claim. It'd be kind of cool. Oh, bless you, Palowski. I hope that happens. Young Bucks taking on Santana and Ortiz. I think Santana and Ortiz win this, and they get the next title shot. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, um, this is what I love about the Young Bucks is they they absolutely are fine with, let's establish everybody else around us, and then later we'll go on our win streak and become the biggest tag team in this, <laughs> in this company. But right now we have to make sure everybody we're beating looks great. So that when we beat them, it'll look even more impressive. I mean, they know what they're doing. Keep in mind, and it seems like they have been putting a lot of people over. They're six and three. Yeah, they've got the it most feels- wins of anybody in the company. Warren, what do you what do you think? Went out in the first round of that tournament too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I agree. Uh, uh, Santana Ortiz go over on this one. We have SCU, Lucha Brothers, and a private party as private party uh, earned their way into the match. I don't see them taking the title off of SCU this early. But crazier things have happened. Uh, I do think you need a babyface team to face Santana and Ortiz, though, Warren. Uh, Yes, I think you do. And I don't think you take it off SCU just yet because they are fan favorites. I like the idea. Scorpio Sky, when they were on commentary earlier tonight, he said, you know, private party, uh, they're young, they're inexperienced, you know, that some people may think that it's a disadvantage to them, but it's a disadvantage to us as well, because we don't know all the ins and outs of these guys as well. So I like that, and I think they're going to overcome all of it. SCU are going to retain. Alex? Yeah, um, I I think that the SCU is going to retain too. But I would not be surprised here in the in the near future because it's, it's a really easy thing, especially when you got guys like Kazarian and Daniels. It'd be a really easy thing for them to get a little pissed at the youngsters and do a little bit of a tweener heel turn if if the youngsters get one over on them with Private Party. I think there's there's a cool way of doing that as well. Uh, but I do think SCU is still probably going to retain here. Um, but I but the, the triple threat means anything's possible. Chris Jericho defends the AEW World Championship against Cody Rhodes. If Cody Rhodes does not win this, he never gets a title shot again. I think Jericho's winning. But here's the thing, Warren. If if Cody wins, I'm okay with that because he's legitimately the most over person in AEW right now. <clears throat> yep. Yes. And until tonight, it was clear to me. It was clear to me who was... I, for some reason, Cody's promo actually cast enough doubt on the situation where I'm like, okay, Cody might not be winning, you know? Because for me, I for me it was clear that Cody was uh, was going to to walk out with uh, with the championship, especially considering that Jericho's heading over to New Japan to face Tanahashi in January. I don't know, man. It's a it's a tough one to call, but I'm inching towards Jericho. 
Alex. Yeah, I think I think the better the better storyline coming out of this is is Cody re- remaining a major force in this company without ever getting a title shot, at least not for a while. Um, that that it becomes the storyline for his character coming out of this. I think that's actually the better way to go. Sure. Lights out match: Kenny Omega, John Moxley. I think John Moxley wins this, but Kenny Omega could because it doesn't count. And uh, it won't count towards Moxley's record. I think that they will keep John Moxley's record as strong as they possibly can, even though he's won one and one. So will they? I don't know. Warren, what do you say? I agree. I think Moxley's going to win. He has to win. And and it doesn't affect the records, whatever. And I think that needs to be a motivating force for him moving forward as well. I love that part of his character that he's legitimately pissed off at that. Moxley wins. Yeah, uh, we didn't we didn't really touch on this specifically, but my favorite part of the of the huge free for all that happened to close the show was the Moxley and Omega stuff. When Moxley strides out of the crowd, saunters to the ring with a barbed wire baseball bat, Omega gets his barbed wire broom and they're about to go at it, but they call a truce long enough to beat up Ortiz and Santana, then look at each other and say, you want to go again? Okay, cool. And start beating each other up like it's a hockey fight. I I love this relationship between Omega and Moxley. They love hating each other. That's such a cool thing in professional wrestling. I think Moxley wins, uh, but I think it's going to be a great, great match. Reminder, guys, head over to FightfulSelect.com. A little bit of a rundown of what we had over there. We broke news on uh, the WWE Saudi Arabia travel situation. Uh, We spoke to Seth Rollins had some backstage news on Joey Mercury and Ring of Honor. We spoke to him as well. That was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> we had um, also backstage news on Randy Orton. Two episodes of Alex's Sour Graps. We had The List Goes On. We have a Q&A show, The Backstage Report, The Weekender. Tons of stuff over there. Uh, FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe. Do us a solid. Rob Wilkins says, if Sheeta wins, I'll do my own superhuman videos. Who's Sheeta facing? I don't know what you're talking. I don't know. You'll have to clarify that, Rob. Anyway, we do have some super chats for NXT. Want the Smoke says, do you think Vince McMahon will make Riddle put on shoes? Because most likely Vince thinks flip-flops are tacky. No, what I think will happen is he'll come up eventually without shoes. He'll hurt a bone in his foot. And then they'll be he'll be like, God damn pal, wear shoes. Just like it just like it always happens. It almost always happens that way. Uh, DJ Cass says, not a big fan of Raw having an unfinished main event and NXT having a non finished in the main event in the same week, but some good stuff tonight. Yeah, I don't need the schmazes. We could have had a winner there, Alex. Uh yeah. I mean, I guess I don't. I don't see them as being related in any way. The, the go home scrum was it? Is like it feels like could no, no, be raw and it was raw and oh, NXT. raw and oh, I thought you were talking about on the same night. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, this is but this is what Survivor Series season is. It's this is this is what they do. Every episode of every show now three times a week is going to be. What does this mean for Survivor Series? <laughs> well, we did have NXT and ahead of the show. The OC are there, not on the UK tour yet, and they attack Undisputed Era. Now, Warren, this is something you did get to see before it went on the air. 
I I dug it. I thought it made a lot of sense, especially considering there's Finn Balor on NXT. This was good storytelling from WWE. It cast some doubt. It it raised some questions that yeah. didn't get answered by the end of the show, which I think is also great. How do you feel about this? Absolutely, it's it's it doesn't happen very often in WWE where you have something that a story that really comes full circle from the moment that it starts, and then you, you realize that it has implications at the very end. I thought I thought the conclusion, the ending, was fantastic, uh, and 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 it also made sense for the OC to come after specifically the undisputed era guys because they punked them out on Monday, yep. so so it everything everything just meshed. Bravo WWE for 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 just some con- continuity here. Bravo. The OC come out, Champa follows, a tag team match is set for later on. Matt Riddle, Keith Lee join him. We'll talk about that a bit later, but I'll tell you Pete Dunne got a pretty big win. Damian Priest via submission. Now, I I really thought that Damian Priest should have been protected at all costs. I think he is special even though he's a little bit advanced in age. Pete Dunne, very good, uh, definitely convincing in doing so. I'll say this till the cows come home. I got to see more character out of Pete Dunne. I, it can't always be, I'm Pete Dunne, I like to hurt people. Okay, cool, man. Neat. I don't know how many times I can see that and hear that. Uh, he's very good at making me believe he wants to hurt people and did so here. Punishment Martinez, or Punishment Martinez, Damian Priest made him look like a million bucks with the finger breaking and all that stuff, Alex. That big son of a bitch sold it like he just got stung by a hive of bees. Yeah. No, um, I, I, (laughs) I, I, I loved everything about this. Uh, even, even Priest taking the loss because this is, this appears to be some kind of prolonged feud that is now going to involve Killian Dane. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But but I, I, I think these two guys are great together because Dunn is small but doesn't fear anybody. And 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 uh Priest can can wrestle any style you want him to. He can work with the smaller guys and 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 be a great base for them to do cool stuff. This was so much fun to watch. Um I, I love it particularly because the win by Dunn means we're gonna get more of these. Yeah. Um But I wanna say like overall, like um uh that this was the absolute best way to 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 build both for your war games and for your Survivor Series featuring N, uh, NXT because it had one set of the show was was about the Survivor Series thing and the invasion of the OC and everything else was about the war games build up and, and individual stories on NXT. I really fe- feared it was going to be like oh who from Raw and who from SmackDown yeah. are coming next now the UK tour changes a lot of that math and we'll see what happens next week but i really loved their restraint from like having everybody show up and beat up the nxt guys they intertwined it too at the end which i thought was very clever how they did that mm-hmm. uh after the match Tillian dane comes out of nowhere attacks pete this is good stuff I, I i'm interested in their match attacks pete and attacks damien yes like i, I think that that's cool that Killian Dane doesn't care who he hurts that's yeah. a, i love that about him oh boy uh the match that with this match on the show, I'll go ahead and give you guys my answer. AEW won tonight for me. Because a show with Tainera versus Santana Garrett, this match could not have won. This match was so bad. Yeah. So bad. Cannot believe 
Like, and see, the thing is, I've seen a lot of Santana Garrett. I like some of the stuff Tana does. She's got a, a unique grappling background that I think helps her a lot. They did not match well. This looked like... This looked bad, and I'm trying to be generous about it. But it mm-hmm. looked like a match you would see on WWE TV about 14, 15 years ago between a couple people that had like 50 or less matches. This yeah. was bad. Alex uh, Tenera got the win on Santana. But, oh, the moment I never think about this match, it can't come soon enough. Yeah, the, 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 the problem with it is that, that there, so much of the match was bad, but there were a few good things about it. Like, I loved uh, Tenera. When it ended, tr- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her V-trigger in the ropes to, to Santana, I thought was going to be the end. Sure. One, two, three, KO. And if they had done that, all the most of the bad stuff wouldn't happen because that happened in the, in, in the beginning That's of the match. Point. I also kind of liked uh, her like it was like a um, uh, you know a V trigger thing, but like with a sidekick as her finisher. I thought that's a good finisher, and, and and Santana sold really well. Everything between those two things was awful, and mm-hmm. just going through the motions, super slow, bad timing, not really where they're supposed to be. Just not good. Definitely didn't need to be on television. Woof. Warren, did you catch any of this train wreck? Um, out of the corner of my eye, because I Lucky think in the meantime, you. I, I, yeah, because in the meantime, I think it it was, I think it was up to, it, it was up against the, uh, I think it was up against the women over on AEW, and that was really, yes, really good. Yes, it was. Um, it's strange because, you know, Tanara's come a long way, especially in the last year. Uh, I thought she's she's improved tremendously, and you could tell that they were starting to get behind her. I saw her pick up the win against Santana Garrett. I'm like, wow, okay, that's a vote of confidence, but I didn't see the entirety of the match. And what you're saying is doubly strange because Garrett is not – she's not new to this. No. This is a woman who's wrestled almost 500 matches in her career. Uh, she, like she should be able to – she should be able to make. Uh, she should be able to make putting out of vinegar at this point. Uh, it's very surprising to me. I thought it was. I thought it was surprising that Tanara picked up the win. I think it's a good show of confidence for where where she's come where, where from where she's come from because yeah. she has improved tremendously. But it's shame to hear that uh, that the match was abysmal. Yeah, I had some some jobber saying, give Santana the same cl- slack you gave Britt Baker. There was nothing in the Baker match that looked like this match did. It, th- this was bad. Santana's been wrestling for a decade. Yeah. A decade. And the thing is, I've seen her have dozens of matches better than this. Dozens. I saw her have some in TNA five, six years ago that were way better than mm-hmm. this. Way better than this. That was a dumbass comparison. Dumbass comparison. Hope they run this one back next week. Loser has to wear Cameron Grimes' hat. Shayna Baszler. Uh, Cameron Grimes not on the show for the first time in four weeks, guys. Shayna Baszler, speaking of fours, Shayna Baszler, four horsewomen member, defeated Dakota Kai for the fourth time. This match costs Kai her spot in war games. Now, after this match, Alex, Mia Yim comes out with her baggy-ass pants, and I gotta say, one of my favorite kendo stick shots ever. Jessamyn Duke is throwing a kick. 
Mia Yim swings the kendo stick and cracks her in the leg. I thought yep. Shayna winning was great. She is such a protected champion. I love this this post match. It it very much accentuated the positives of Mia Yim. What'd you think of the match? And what'd you think of the decision for Rhea Ripley to pull Dakota out of the match for uh, Mia? Because we'll we'll get into that a little bit afterwards. Well, let's let's talk about the match. Right. The match the match was the match was great. I I I I love uh, Shayna Baszler um, getting caught with certain stuff she hadn't scouted. Or wasn't ready for, or just missed missed an opportunity to counter, and she rolls out, and you can see the wheels turning in her head. Like I don't, I mean, she's she's great at playing this person of like, okay, well that strategy didn't work. Now I got plans B, C, D, E, and F. I'll try them all, and by the end, I'm gonna beat you. And she did. Like there, all the stuff that Dakota Kai pulled out was really was really great, and and Shayna sold for it. And then by the end, she's always gonna catch you the Kurafuna clutch, and she does, and that's it. It's over. I, I think that's a really great way of, of keeping this champ super strong. Um, the, the the scrum that follows afterwards and everybody comes down to the ring and goes crazy with Mia Yim with, with her kendo stick. Um, and backstage, the spot, the, the moment where she says, well, I'm, I'm picking Mia, and then Rhea Ripley turns around and right to Dakota's face says, I'm sorry, Dakota, you just didn't make the cut. And I thought it was going to be five on five. So I'm glad, I'm A, I'm very glad Nice neither Jessam and Duke or Marina Shafir in with, with Shayna because that would really have exposed them, I think, in a match like this. Um, they're really great for what they do right now, but they're not ready for that that kind of stage. But here's what I what I really want, and I think there's a great way of doing this. There's a great way of Dakota guy Dakota Kai joining Shayna Baszler because Shayna Baszler says, I got res- I got respect for your scrap, kid. You're gonna be on my team. And Dakota Kai feeling abandoned by her by her, by her partner Tegan Knox. And 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 rejected by Rhea Ripley and can say if you can't beat him, join him. And in a in a Dakota Kai with a heel edge joining Shayna Baszler could be really cool for the storytelling going into War Games and coming out of it. After the fact, we see Rhea Ripley backstage. She announces Mia Yim for her team. Rhea says. Dakota, sorry, you just didn't make the cut. This this seemed a little bit forced, but I like what they were trying to do there. I, I see yeah. what they were trying to do here. It, it seems almost Sami Zayn-ish from back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Alex, yeah, Dakota Kai out of there and, and walks off dejected. I'm, I'm interested in what's going to happen with Dakota Kai. More or less. Yeah, no. I mean, as as I just said, I, I I feel like the best thing they can do is is have her do a if you can't beat them, join them thing and and join up with Shayna. And Shayna says, "I like your scrap, kid. You're you're with me if you want it." And Dakota Kai, feeling abandoned by Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley and all of them, says, "Okay." And she gets a little bit of a dark edge to her because she doesn't want to be left out entirely. A little chip on her shoulder. Lure good. Sure, I'm uh-huh. behind that too. Angel Garza defeats Tony Nice. To get a sh- title shot at the NXT mm. Cruiserweight Championship, he slaps Leo Rush in the face right afterwards. They taped 205 Live before NXT tonight, and they just should every time. Yep. If you want to call it I'll- 205 Weekly or 205 Taped or 205 Slightly Delayed, or get this, just air the show live before NXT. Yep. I like this match. I like Angel Garza. This guy yeah. has come a long way in a very short time with me. 
he is so charismatic and the crowd loves him. And the thing is, they're not going to be able to keep him heel. The crowd no. loves him. He's no. so arrogant, but they love how arrogant he is. I kept forgetting like, he was a heel. Like that's this. the thing is, it's so great. I thought I thought they were they were turning him babyface in the match until he slapped Leo Rush, and then <laughs> and then the crowd loved that too. This was this was really great. Uh, Tony Nese, a former champion, puts over this new guy who's who's going in who's, who's going to get his first title shot. Like this is this is really great. Um, and and Garza, as I said, he's got that thing, that 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 hook. Everybody's waiting for him to tear off the pants. And he got halfway through it and then wrestled for another three minutes before the pants came off. Like, it's a really cool thing that they can do whenever they need to do it. Um, I'm, I'm super into him. He is a future star, S-T-A-R, all in caps. Unless Vince gets a hold of him, then all bets are off. I like the decision to run Garza against Leo Rush. Dig it. Yep. I really do. Dominic Dijakovic, who, again, I will refer to by this name one time per show, then just call him Dijak, because that will be his name in the future, defeats Isaiah <laughs> Swerve Scott via pinfall after Feast Your Eyes. Hell, man, that's the talent on this show. We'll get, well, before this, I mean, Warren, I know you didn't keep your eyes on it, but just the talent that they have stockpiled <clears throat> is disgusting. Yeah, in yeah. a good way. Yeah, no, no. I, I think this, yeah, disgustingly good is the is that is exactly it. Because from top to bottom, you're just like, look at how interesting everything is. And then they they're they're just continuing to stockpile more people because that's essentially what they're doing. We've heard the stories that they're running out of lockers <laughs> in the performance center. The PC class is like four people. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and that's it. That you see, they're stockpiling more people. They got Shotzi. They got Scarlett Bordeaux. As if the women's division in NXT wasn't like had, didn't have enough enough depth to it. You're gonna they have go the governor that. of Florida campaigning and saying we're gonna do something about these overcrowded performance centers. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get some people out of there. We're gonna do well. <laughs> Uh, this we what, we need a better ratio student to teacher yes. ratio. Uh, Alex, your, your thoughts on Scott versus Dijak? Oh God, give me more of these. Yeah, give me a prolonged feud between these two. I I was a huge uh, fan of Swerve uh, when he was Killshot, the mass so the mass black wrestler on on uh, on Lucha Underground was so very cool. Totally different looking. Had amazing matches uh, on Lucha Underground. Uh, go find those things if you if you want to see some great stuff. But but um, I, I loved how uh, how Dijak, fresh off of um of of this feud with Keith Lee, has to wrestle an entirely different kind of dude. And and it's so cool to watch him come up against things. And like there was there was a long time in this match that I thought they were going to give Swerve the win, and have Dijak be like, really? Oh, okay. Now I got to redouble my efforts. But even if even if Dijak gets the win, I still think there's a lot of great stuff to be mined here, and this could also be a great odd couple tag team you could form yeah. out of this. Out of this, group. you could see Dijak throwing Swerve into doing offense like the old um, Colossus and uh, Wolverine yeah, fastball special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be listen. There's as you said, the wealth of talent in NXT is obscene. There's there's. There's literally 15 guys they have that didn't get TV time 
to, to today who who yeah. are super great, great, great talents. Fifteen guys and women. Um, and I'm 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 so excited to see where all of this goes coming out of War Games and this whole Survivor Series thing, because because we don't know yet what all of that's going to be. Um, but but going into Royal Rumble time and the idea that Triple H has said no one gets called up anymore. Yeah. So now it's going to be like, do you, are we going to have trades? Is there going to be a well, draft again? Whatever. I tell you what, it needs to make for a lot less dead spots in the Rumble. I know you hate the legends being in the Rumble. I like it, but we all due respect to Kurt Hawkins. Entertaining guy, doesn't need to be in the Royal Rumble. Unless yes. it's for just a comedy spot. I right. love people in our live chat saying that they're going to start putting up locker spaces uh, for stake in matches at NXT. <laughs> like the winner gets a locker. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Swerve Scott is already very good. He is going to find a gear, an angle, yep. a change or something, and that guy is going to be big for NXT. He's just got it. The body language especially got it. The OC uh, took on Tommaso Ciampa, Riddle, and Keith Lee. Now, match was good. Of course it's good. But the story of this match is how everything unfolded at the end. Uh, Matt Riddle, a nasty dive out there. That was rough, not yeah. good. Yeah, it was a rough dive, yeah. Like, uh, maybe need some shoes. Maybe need some shoes, Matt. <laughs> Get some shoes, buddy. He could be like Jimmy. Jimmy Van has all this money, and he wears $20 Skechers everywhere. He told mm. me that he just discovered slip-ons. Uh, <laughs> this is a, this is abusive. If somebody, if he got hit by a train tomorrow, and all that was left is his shoes, they would not believe it was Jimmy Van. Nope, they would. <laughs> this bank account does not match up with the evidence in which we found. <laughs> the man's wearing lugs. They were the presenting sponsor of WWF in 1996. <laughs> doesn't work. You know, about Matt Riddle and the shoes, you know what they could also do eventually if they really wanted to? You remember when they tried to civilize the head shrinkers back in the uh, back in the early yeah. 90s, late 80s, and they tried to have them wear shoes and they couldn't wear shoes? You know, you had Fatu <laughs> try to put on shoes and it yes. just didn't work. It could be that too. You know, here Matt, wear some, wear some wrestling boots and he's like, bro, you know, it's not working. Yeah, I, that, would, that would be a fun angle. Like if you want to give Matt Riddle like a cheap loss – Put him in wrestling. Put him in shoes or something. Yeah. And he's like, it's the shoes. <laughs> I, can't I can't do the shoes. <laughs> I can't wear the shoes. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, so this, 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 sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. This match no, was. I, I, <laughs> am I going to go ahead or are you, Alex? I'll use your shoot name, Alexander. Anyway, this was all set up by the promo earlier in the night. Champa comes out. Gets a good reaction and is followed by Riddle and Lee. It goes crazy for Lee and then Riddle as well. But then the match unfolds. What did you want to say, Alex? <laughs> I was I was going to say that um, th this is this is everything you could have asked for. Like when AJ first came out there to begin the show, and they were they were chanting AJ Styles. There was a there was a part of him where he was like, "Oh, hey, this is interesting. I'm the heel here, and everybody knows it." But they're still chanting my name, and I'm like, yeah, it's Full Sail. Um, and I think it's really cool that, like, the, you can tell how excited Full Sail was to have, like, AJ Styles in the ring. You know, yeah. like, that was a cool thing. And it, it, it matters to them. Like, it's not overdone. 
Yeah, not overdone at all. And and it was a really cool thing for them to be for for like I mean, let's be honest. For AJ Styles and 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 OC to be doing this match in front of a white hot crowd. Like white hot. These they, they were they were so into everything that was happening in this six man tag. And it's it's a different environment there. It just is. And so uh all all of this stuff, all, everything leading up th- throughout the whole match was really, really great. But when Matt Riddle got the hot tag, like the place went nuclear. Like everything was so great, including Keith Lee pouncing AJ Styles into the ref, which was one of the best like inadvertent ref bumps I've ever seen. Oh my God. All this stuff was so crazy. And well, that, that didn't even take into account like the actual finish and what happened after the match. But like all that stuff near the end of the match in the ring was just insane. I almost wish WWE would get their own like small scale venue that's like a thousand people or something like that. Yeah. I think they could do it Wednesdays. I think they could, and even if they don't, they could scale it. I mean, yeah. maybe an add on to the Performance Center or something like that. They made the Performance Center look really good for halftime heat. I thought it looked really yeah. good. So Champa goes for fairy tale ending, but he's interrupted by Finn Balor, who hits Riddle with uh, basically an Impaler brain buster. It wasn't quite the the what the hell year is it? The nineteen sixteen. Nineteen sixteen. There we go. The bloody Sunday, but a uh, little bit of looking between AJ and Finn, but nothing, nothing official, so to speak. No. Adam no, Cole, was... well, hold on. Adam Cole rolls in, super kick Styles, then hits the uh, final shot on Champa, Champa. And, and then it's over. Show's over. Oh, this is so good because this also calls back into Tommaso Champa is is coming out at the very beginning to to confront the OC. Not about the fact that they beat up uh, the Undisputed Era, which Tommaso Ciampa is all totally fine with. That's that's totally cool. I hate those guys. But you come into my house, then we got problems. Yeah, that's and I love that they, that that they're they're keeping that War Games hatred between Cole and Ciampa active while also having Ciampa not being in love with the OC being there, and then Cole coming out and getting AJ Styles back for the beatdown, and then hitting Ciampa because he hates Ciampa. That's all great, but I also love Finn Balor just hates good things. He hates all <laughs> things good and decent, yeah. and he loves all heels no matter where you're from. I love that Finn Balor isn't like a uh, an NXT guy because he got here last week. Yes. He's he's just Finn Balor who hates all things good and decent, uh, and I think that's great. Also, again, uh, uh, you know, Inspired Era did their little uh, UE thing that they do yeah and 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 finn did the, did the the bullet club point and then tonight aj styles did the two sweet and hey. and and then the bullet club point you and know who else is in the bullet club adam cole adam cole adam yep. cole you think they'll reference that at all warren I, I think it would i i mean it was for such a short period like a year but i would love for him to say like i've been a part of a club before but now i've got a better one something cheesy like yeah. that 
Yeah. I think I think they they leaned into it a little more tonight, you know, considering because, you know, it, history of Bullet Club has always been uh, decided by its leaders and the leaders are always knocked out. You know, when it's time to move to move forward, Prince Devitt got got owned and AJ Styles got owned and Kenny Omega, not Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega got it easy. Um, yeah. But uh, but that, you know, that that was part of it. That, that was part of the rite of passage is that you, you'd get knocked out so you know there there's there, there was a lot of there was a lot of past history if you want to delve into it and just the fact again this week that adam cole was sort of staring down finn balor knowing that they were both members at bull a bullet club at very different times in history mind you but still they have you know it's you know like when you're a scout you're you, you have this the salute and whatever or when you're a member of the illuminati you have the special <laughs> handshake you know uh, they recognize each other. They know what they're about. So I think they are leaning into that a little. I feel I felt they leaned into it a little more tonight, especially because of AJ being there and doing the two sweets. I, I I dug it. I thought it was a fun fun ending, despite the fact that there wasn't a decision. That was kind of a bummer. One word, Warren. Who won tonight? AEW. One word, Alex. Who won tonight? AEW. Clean sweep. AEW won tonight. I love to leave it open to interpretation so everybody can say that we thought that NXT sucked when we didn't say that at all. But you guys <laughs> suck if you don't leave a thumbs up. You suck if you don't subscribe. You suck if you don't follow Alex and check out Sour Graps at Fightful Select. Same with Warren. You can follow him at Mr. Warren Hayes. Got lots of stuff going on this week, guys. Give them a follow. Give us a follow. Visit Fightful.com. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.